Good evening, Sportsonians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Aglioloro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. We got a good show for you tonight. We'll be joined by both Dave Hastings and Eric Tressler, no matter what name he's putting in the, uh, the Zoom chat here. It, uh, in a matter of moments, we'll be joined by both of them. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, I, I kind of hope we don't have to talk about the Mets again this week uh, because they got blown out again last night. Steven Matz, Marcus Stroman opted out of the 2020 season, which I, I still don't think it's right. That, you know, I like the fact that the NFL has a set opt-out date where you can't opt out past that date. I mentioned it last week. And, you know, as much as I get why maybe you shouldn't do that, I guess I get certain aspects of it. Just in the end, I kind of wish you weren't able to do what Marcus Stroman did, which was you know, opt into the season for a couple weeks and then say, no, I'm good. So, yeah, he opted out. And uh, Michael Walker's on the disabled list. and Steven Matz apparently sucks now. So we have that. Um, I'm sure we will talk some NBA. Might talk a little NFL news. The New York Rangers won a very, in my opinion, complicated and convoluted uh, NHL draft lottery. And now they have the first pick in this uh, coming year's NHL draft, which I believe is taking place in October. I believe that's the plan. So those are some of the bigger stories tonight. And like I said, we'll be joined by Dave and Eric in a couple minutes here. Uh, before they come on, I guess I am going to talk a little bit uh, about the Mets. I, I don't really want to. Uh, I, you know, I said it last week. I, I, I'm fine if we don't talk any more Mets baseball for the rest of the season because this is just terrible what is going on here. We basically have two months where everything in baseball is going to just wind up punching Mr. Met over, 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 over again in ahead until he can't freaking take it. Just everything that could go wrong this season is going wrong. We started off back in March, Noah Syndergaard, Tommy John surgery. He's done. Marcus Stroman, we knew he was going to miss some time with a torn calf. Mets still got DeGrom, Mats, Porcello, Walker. Porcello winds up sucking right out of the gate. He actually pitched fairly decently. His last start, Waka has been a bit of a mixed bag. He's on the disabled list now. And then we get this start from Steven Matz last night, which I just, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. If, you, if your excuse after the game for giving up as many bean balls as you did and putting on that performance is that you think you're tipping pitches, I'm sorry, you're a major league pitcher. You've been, you've been in the big leagues. This is, this is your fifth or sixth season now. You've been up since 2015. I know you probably missed half of it with injuries, but 
you know, I, I, I gotta be honest. You just, just, I, I don't want to hear that as an excuse. I, I want to think this is Eric Tressler in the chat room, but honestly, he didn't do a funny name this week. So I'm not entirely sure. Is this Eric Tressler? It's mayhem. It's 2020. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. I thought you were going to come into the chat room with Stephen Matz tonight. How you no, doing? I mean, I, I mean, listen, Marcus Stroman thought about joining in tonight, you know. There's, there's a, I got a couple calls this afternoon on people who wanted to be on the show, but but really, I mean, honestly, nobody, nobody tops 2020 right now. So 2020 had to make an appearance. That's fair. That's fair. How are you, my friend? Um, get, getting the doggy kicked out of me by 2020. Mm. Oh, this is this is this is no fun for anyone. So Any, anything you care to elaborate on, or you well, know? trees falling, shit storms happening. You know, we're in New Jersey, and you know it's it's hurricane season apparently. So just it's it's a lot of fun. It's just it's good times. And, you know, we're just, we're, we're happy to keep 2020 rolling. We are, you know, I don't know about uh, you, but, you know, I just, I'm hoping this year never ends, you know? Just, yeah, yeah, I, be, I bet you are. I, I bet you are. Here's another person, here's another happy camper, I am sure. Eric, uh, Dave Hastings is here tonight. Let me get the name right. Dave, how you doing? I'm doing good. How we doing, gentlemen? We're doing all right. We're joined by 2020 Incarnate here. Here. 2020. <laughs> you know. uh, but I, I, do, do we want to stick with the Marcus Stroman thread? Because I said this last week. What do you, like, listen, when the Cespedes thing happened, I think we all knew it was kind of bullshit. With Stroman, I, I'm inclined to give it a little more credibility. If he really does have family members at risk, all right, fine. He does. He has. A, he has a contract that's at risk. That's the whole reason. He but no, see he about that. But here's he the, 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 the. But no, no, no. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. That contract right there is another reason why I actually give it a more, little more credibility. Because if you think about it, yeah, all right, he's got the torn calf. Supposedly, he would be back in a couple weeks. By sitting out the rest of the season and then going to free agency afterwards, you're risking losing more money than no, you would. Not. Yeah, you are. Because if no, you he's came, gonna gain wait, hang on, hang on. If you come in and pitch and show what you are worth, you have the opportunity to make more money pitching than you do on the sidelines just writing out the contract. Because if all they have to go by is how he ended last season, I'm sorry, he's not getting a $100 million deal. He's, he's not. getting a big deal. He's going to get a deal. He's going he's to get gonna a deal be lucky to, He's going to be lucky to get $70 million. Whatever he gets, he's happy to be away from the Mets and getting it. He, that, that's what I know, is he is happy to be away from them he feels like whatever situation he goes to next is going to be a better situation than the one he was in. And that's the attitude that that he has right now. He, he yeah. Is he costing himself maybe 10, possibly 20 if he came back? He ain't getting no hundred million dollar contract. This you don't know that though. I listen, do know somebody, that he's not, get, listen, he's not getting, he's not getting what Zach Wheeler got Wheeler. last year. He got, why Wheeler got overpaid. Why wouldn't you overpay Stroman? You're not because you actually sense. saw what Wheeler was able to do last season. You're not seeing that with Stroman this year. You don't need to see it. It's all yeah, potential. Do. People pay for potential. Unfortunately nowadays, so some other team out I mean, there nowadays they've been doing and that again, for years. Again, he's not gonna he's not gonna get the biggest contract he maybe could have gotten, 
but he's going to be in a happier place and he's still going to be way richer than he needs to be. So I don't think he's really hurting that bad. Dave, Um, what do you think? I I mean, honestly, I got to say, like, even going into free agency, like, I don't know. I don't feel like that really has as much of a hit and impact on guys' contracts as you might think. Um, I, I personally don't think it's going to hurt him. I, I think it's something that could really – I'm not going to say help him, uh, but I still think when it comes down to people negotiating with him, it's still going to be treated the same way as if he played all year. I think I think it's going to cost him at least $30, $40 million. I'm going to be honest. No. There's no Again, way – Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah, it's a shortened season, but you still have the opportunity to come in and show what you're worth. Even if he only gets a month left, if he goes 5-0 and with a 1.93 ERA, you don't think some team's going to pull no, up $120 million? Well, you're fo- I think they'll do it I, anyway I disagree right with now you. without that. I think they'll do it right now anyway without that. Well, that goes against your, your secret evil plan from earlier where the – where the owners are going to stop paying the big dollar contracts. I just want to point They'll that pay out. They're for pitching. They're going to pay for certain positions. It's like, it's like in football. Mm. They're going to pay for a quarterback. You're going to pay for certain positions. You're not going to pay for others. So they're going to pony up to pay for starting pitching because everybody around the league does that. Hell, even the Mets did that with the Grom. So you're going to pony up and pay what you need to pay for is starting it, pitching. You're not going to pay that for a utility infielder anymore. You're not going to pay that anymore – for the relief guy who comes in the sixth, seventh, eighth inning. We're not going to pay that anymore for those specialty guys. That's what, what I'm saying. That what they're about not going to pay those big contracts. What about the big main players? The main what, players, what, the pitchers are still going to get their money. What about the fringe middle rotation pitcher who hasn't really shown that he can do anything consistently, who you don't have a body of work recently for? They're going to get a job. I think that's, I think that's the type of guy who's not going to get the contract. He's going to get a contract in the going to get a contract. It's not $20 million gonna... a year range. He's going to be okay in life. What don't you understand about he didn't want to play for your team anymore and played you guys like a base fiddle? Don't we get What here? don't like, you what understand did. about the fact that he gave up a seven, eight million dollar, uh, seven, eight a year contract worth about $20, 25000000 million and is probably going to be lucky to get it? He did. He did. You're, you're, he he absolutely did that. So I'm are you. you. What are you doing? That's exactly no. what we're, that's what we do on this show. We speculate on this show. We both do that. I you can't, can't call me and speculate. You're doing the same thing. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying that <laughs> mine comes from a little more of a place of I've seen it before. That's uh, what we, we've we gone do down on this, this road show. Before. Uh, you, you're that bright-eyed optimist that thinks, oh, no team's going to want him. He, I didn't he, say that. I didn't say that. No, no, no. Get it right. Get it right. He's not going to get near $100 million. He's somebody's not going to get me five, near $100 million. Somebody's going to give him five or six for about somewhere between 15 and 20. He's going to get close to $100 million, if not right around it. He's going to be lucky to get seven, eight. Somewhere near the Wheeler contract is probably what he's looking at. He's not getting a Wheeler contract. He's going to be lucky to get $70, $80 million. But anyway, let's, let's change the subject. This whole ability to do – Eric's premise here is that he don't want to be on the Mets anymore. I can't argue with that particular premise. But I don't think it's right that baseball didn't put an end date for the opt-out and the fact that you can go two or three weeks into the season, see that the team is shit, and then decide, hey, I don't want to be here. I'm going to make up an excuse. That's I think the that's horrible. Got, though. 
That's Why? horrible. That's what the though. players wanted. I'm not asking whether or not the players got it. I'm asking if you think that's a bad idea. I think no, it's a bad idea. No, I think idea. anybody should have the ob- – listen, you should never in your life be forced to do anything you don't want to do. So at any time, you should have the ability to opt out of anything. You want to quit. You want to retire. You want to do anything. You should be at your own free will to do so. So I have zero issue with them instituting a deadline – like football did, which I think is stupid. I do. I think the deadline's stupid because, listen, if you don't want to be there, if your mind isn't there, you're not worth having on the team anyway. You're going to be more of a hindrance than you are, uh, you know, somebody who's going to help us. So I, I don't necessarily have a problem with, with that. Careful, Eric. You're starting to sound like a doe-eyed optimist. Dave, what do you think? I mean, honestly, like – the opt-out thing to me, I thought it was a good idea to put it in there, but I, I do side with Eric on the idea that I don't think there should be a deadline on it. I mean, as long as you can't go sign with another team, like, I have no issue with it. So, like, it's just a matter of do you feel safe or do you not feel safe? Or are you worried about who you are going home to or whatever the situation might be? Like, not only should you have the opt- the ability to make your own choice, but I also feel that, None of us know, other than the person walking in those shoes, what their their personal life is like. So, for all you know, like, you know, this guy could have his grand, both sets of grandparents living in the house, and they're all high at risk, and he doesn't want – like, you just don't know. I know that's an extreme level or an extreme example to give, but I, I'm just – I don't think there should be a deadline to it because I think guys have to judge their personal situations and how they adapt and how they change. And you never know when that moment's going to happen. So as long as there's no option to go to another team after, you know, when you want to come back and play, like, by all means, I don't have a problem with it. And I don't think it's something that, you know, is wrong to put to not have a limit on. Like, I think guys should be allowed to do it when they want to. Okay. My last thing here is that we started out by saying that Stroman just didn't want to play for the Mets. And then we went to the genuine reasons here. So do we think this was genuine or he didn't want to play for the Mets? Eric, you already answered it. Dave, you want to go? I mean, I don't know. I don't want to think that the guy doesn't want to play for the Mets, but that would just be the most Met thing possible. So uh, why not? Yeah, let's just say he doesn't want to play for the Mets. Thanks. Thank you. All right. I I tell you what, I don't know where Fife is right now, but I got a question here. Maybe you guys can explain this because I tried reading up on this. Uh, a little bit before the show started. So the Rangers were just eliminated from the 2014 round robin leading into the NHL playoffs. And then yesterday they win the number one pick in the NHL draft. Now I get certain logistics, but just how is that even possible? That they they bypass all those other teams. Well, they, they had a 12% chance, I think, of getting the first pick. Yeah. They had a 60% chance or a 64% chance of getting, like, the last pick. So, like, they had a way bigger chance to get the last pick than they did the first pick. But it was something weird where, like, they could only end up, like, first or, like, 11th or 12th, I think, or something. It was something weird like that. And it was um, – yeah, I, I think it's weird the circumstances in which it happened, but it makes you, as a Ranger fan – Love the fact that even though they got knocked out, at least they kind of got the consolation prize. Mm. Um, now, from everything I hear, I know we don't have uh, Larry Schmelrose in the chat with us right now, I don't think. 
But from everything I hear, it's going to be a kid, I think, out of Quebec, Canada, maybe? Yeah, I got his name um, here. I got his name. Or like something, yeah. He's, and he's supposed to be really good. Not necessarily a transcendent player. You're not looking at Sidney Crosby or an Alex uh, Sebastian. Uh, but you're Alexis, looking more at like a... Alexis Lafreniere, I believe, is the last name. Yeah, and he's supposed to be more of like a Steven Stamkos level talent. Yeah, he's good. Very good. Very good. And a guy you'd love to have on your team for years. So he seems to be the clear cut, like number one. Um, so it really looks like that's the pick. And for the Rangers, I'm happy for him because I think now you pair him with Taco, they're going to have a nice young team. It's going to hey. take them probably a couple of years to get going, kind of, you know, get their young legs under them, get some experience, get some playoff experience. Maybe I know this year helped slightly with that, but you know, you know, it was only three games. At least it's a taste of something. Um, so I, I, I'm excited for what this can do for the Rangers and in the future. Like I said, I don't think it's a a game changer. LeBron James coming to the ice here. I think it's you know somebody else who is you know really really good and hopefully can make an impact on the team. I think it's better that you don't have a guy who's like hyped up as like the next big thing, like a Sidney Crosby type or something like that. Cause how many times do you hear about guys like that? And obviously Sidney Crosby's had a great career or whatever, but how many times do you hear about guys like that with all this hype and then they just flame out within like two or three years. So I think it's better to have someone like that who you just think is going to be a very good player rather than someone you think is going to be a transcendent player. Dave, what do you say? Well, I mean, first, with in regards to the Rangers getting the first pick, I mean, boo, um, <laughs> go Devils. So, I mean, I, you I, you did have it last year. Yeah, I know, and I think yeah. the Devils got like the number three pick or four pick. But in regards to what you just said, and like, I, I would actually agree with that. Like, sometimes that overhype just. Even if they turn into a Hall of Fame career, but they don't win a ring, you'd be like, yeah, they weren't what they were supposed to be. Like, it, I think it's nice that, you know, I think as a for a player and for an organization and for a fan base, it's nice to just be able to confidently say, yeah, no, he, he's really good, but, you know, I'm not expecting him to, you know, become Wayne Gretzky or anything. So, um, you know, I think that's a positive. And I also think, you know, the Rangers had the number two pick last year. Uh, so they really are building up that young, you know, a young core for themselves moving forward in the future. Um, you know, the big question, we talked about this, I think, last week with, you know, Lundqvist and, you know, is he going to keep playing? Um, but it's a it's a nice young team and they're, build, they're building it. And I also think what's good is draft-wise, when you know there's the one guy in it, even if you don't think he's, you know, going to be a complete game changer, like at least, you know, there's the one guy instead of having that three or four guys and not really being sure. And, you know, they're all right there with each other. And then, you know, five, 10 years, you look back on this draft and you're like, Oh, if we only took him instead, you know, at least this, you can say, all right, we, everybody would look back 10 years from now and be like, no, this is the guy that deserved to be the number one pick. So I think that's also a, a helpful thing when you're approaching a draft and as a fan to be less stressed out, you'll know who your team is going to take. Sure. Sure. And I will, the last thing I'll say here, well, two things, the idea of now you got two top picks 
that you're going to put next to Panarin for the next however many years. Uh, I don't think you could have asked for a better rebuild when the Rangers started this back in 2018. So good for them on that. And it's funny because I was listening uh, to Joe and Evan earlier today, and Beningo was talking about, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something to the effect that if you looked at the Rangers and then you looked at the Knicks, you would not believe they were owned by the same guy because everything's coming up daisy for the Rangers right now. And then you look at the firing inferno that tends to be the New York Knicks, and you just you would never guess they were owned by the same guy if you just took them on the surface. So anyway. You don't want to believe it, but that's changing, Mike. I'm telling you, with Leon hey, Rosa, your with lips to Wesley, God's ears. Your I'm lips to you, God's that, ears. That, that, that is that they're putting that fire out. The Mets fire is still burning strong, but I'm telling you, the Nick fire is slowly getting put out. Thibodeau oh, you, oh, wow. Coach, I think wow. I you really called, you them, called I me the, the Joe I, yeah. I think the Knicks are in a better position right now than the Mets. I think the Mets have to sell before they're worth anything or are going to do anything for anybody. I think the Knicks, even with Dolan as the owner, can turn this franchise around. I don't feel that way about the Mets and their ownership. Doe-eyed optimist. Just, remind, just remember, you said that I've to been me. that way with the Knicks. I, listen, I was the guy last year around this time telling me I thought KD was coming to the Knicks and whatever. I was like, you know, I want to be optimistic. I'm dying for this team to be good. I haven't seen a good team since '99, for God's sakes. I'm gonna you make know, this. So- I'm gonna make this prediction right now, and you can call me crazy all you want to. I don't care. The Mets will win a World Series before the Knicks win a championship. I'd take that bet. I think it's gonna. I, don't I think, think it'll the Mets happen. Will win the Mets will win. Wait, 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 wait. The Mets will win a World Series before the Knicks win an NBA championship. Yep. Yep. I don't think either is going to happen in our lifetimes, if I'm being totally honest with you. I don't think either I do. is going to happen. I think both will happen in our lifetimes, and I think both will happen probably within the next 25 years maybe. But I just think the Knicks are set up right now to to maybe be on a I just better want path to point out. So I'm gonna, I, I would, if I would take that bet right now. If I'm a bet man and I am. But cousin Dave, right cousin David is now rooting one of your best hit, one of your greatest hits, saying the Mets couldn't beat the Royals. Even though I feel the need to point out that the Royals bullpen is the reason why you guys have had the most dominant bullpen in the last five years because you guys copied what they did. Just want to point that out. Um, we've always had a dominant bullpen. I, I don't know if you know, but we have we had, we used to have the greatest reliever. In Major League Baseball history, we've always had that's a that's fantastic. Always, Let's be honest. For always, about even since the '90s, with John Wetland, with Mariano setting up for him, they always the Yankees have always recognized the value of a strong bullpen. And we're not going to talk about the 15 years in between there, where really all you had was Rivera. But that's fine. That's not that's that's fine. Not true. That's not all we had was Rivera. That's basically all you had. No, but that's not. okay. The last that's five okay. Or six years we've had the Kansas. Who's been fantastic? I said the 15 years between the 90s and what has come now. Yeah, I we, said we that. A, I we, said listen, that. It took guys to get to Mo. We listen. Not every starting pitcher went eight, and then Mo came in in the ninth. We listen. That's not the way it worked. Guys didn't. You guys didn't have the world-renowned dominant bullpen that you guys had now for most of the early 2000s. Just saying, from about 2001 to about 20, 
2015, 2016, that's when you guys bullpen really started pumping. You guys didn't really have that dominant because bullpens were not meant to be that dominant during those times. It was the Royals who really started that idea where you needed three closers on the team, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guys. That was the team that kind of started that whole trend. I would challenge you for the stats because I would almost guarantee that during that 15-year stretch you're talking about, the Yankee bullpen was in the top 10 teams in the league. I mean, if you remember correctly. At least 14 out of 15 years. You guys all – So if those were top the years bullpen, where you, I'm considering that really good. You guys, I, I don't know about uh, you. Are we number one every year and everything? No, nobody is. So that's well, not the way saying, you should you ever gotta... label yourself. You can't say we're not a good bullpen. We didn't have a good bullpen. Did, we absolutely did, did. did I just hear the Yankee fan who said that if it's not a championship, it's a failure, say it's not like we have we don't have to be number one at everything? Did Listen, I really just hear that? we are number one. We strive to be that, but it doesn't uh, mean we are okay. that. Michael okay. Jordan strived to win every year. He won six of them. You know what I mean? He didn't win every one. Everybody just... strives to be the best they can you don't always reach the pinnacle of the top. It happens. Yeah, we're bringing up Phil Hughes and Jabba Chamberlain now. Okay, what about the Sean Chacon Tanyan's third days? Those days happened. I just want to point that out. All right, anyway, where you guys want to go next? Wherever you want. I'm, I'm good. Like I said, I'm kind of on limited time today because I'm waiting on a phone call. Yeah. But, uh, Dave, what do you got? That, so, yeah, what do you, what do you guys got? What do you got, Dave? I mean, honestly, I feel like the biggest news that's gone on is everything that's going on in college football. Yeah, actually, let's bring that up. That's a good idea. I don't want to talk about it because it's just going to make me sad. Like Mike tried to make me sad last week. I don't want to be sad. Hey, about first of all, now. first of all, Try I just want you know you want to bring that up. About these- can I can I, I say one thing? No, you know, no, 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 I'm no, the no, guy on this show who doesn't who I'm the guy on this show who takes things too seriously. That was an off the cuff comment, and Eric's trying to steal it on my it. territory by taking that way too seriously. Listen, I get I 100% am, and listen, you are not the only person to say that. I got flack in my house from my wife and my sister about that last week and they all heard the conversation they're like well we think we you jumped down mike a little too quick and i kept telling everybody no i am staunch with the way i feel about this mike and it's unfortunate because i love you as a friend as a person it's nothing serious well the only thing i don't even want to joke about i don't even want to joke i don't even want an off-the-cuff comment I don't want anything about sports canceling. And that's what <laughs> pisses me off about the, the Pac-10 and the Big 12 because it, it, I, I don't know. I don't think they're doing anything right. I think that they're – I don't know. I think this is all subjective. Everybody's kind of approaching it differently. It just sucks because it's ruining sports. And I think that it, it's just – it's awful. With the Big 10, the Pac-12, they're not going to play. They're worried about the COVID issues. Whatever it is, is what it is. Sucks for me. Listen, I'm a fan. I just want to see sports because I'm a fan. Mm. I get it that it is 100 million percent a selfish reason. And I am going to admit to that 100%. For my own sanity, for me, I want sports. Now, Uh, I get it that some players out there may not feel that way, may feel like they got to do what's best for them. These schools are trying to protect kids. I understand what they're doing. It just makes me sad because I'm not going to see sports. So, Eric, let me – let me ask you real quick, though. What do you think of the idea of, like, 
the team like I've heard an idea floated around where like if the entire team or they can put together an entire roster of players that would sign waivers and the schools that can put those team together almost make like a small little league of like you know let's say six to eight schools and they just kind of play like a round robin like a, a small season like I've heard that idea get thrown out there because there are a couple schools, even though the conferences of the Big Five are starting to agree to not play, there are still individual schools inside those conferences that want to play. So, like, I, you know, instead of going down the depressing route, why not talk about maybe a potential light at the end of the tunnel for some version of college football being this year? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well join the Rocks XFL and just use it as a starter league. I mean, there's there's, there's no point in actually going to the college if you're just going to put together rosters of players to play. You might as well try to at least benefit the players and people, you know, that are playing for it, you know. I don't know. I just I, – I get the idea, and listen, I'm all for some form of playing, I guess. I just think it kills kids right now, and I know that the Big Twelve and the Pac, the the Big Ten and the Pac Twelve are uh, are talking about not necessarily canceling the season completely, but moving it to the spring. I still think that that's a terrible idea because you're running into the NFL draft at that point. The NFL's not moving their stuff for anybody. We know that. So, yeah. you, you know, you're running into that. How are these kids going to get drafted and be still playing in the spring? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. It, it just throws the whole thing kind of out of whack. So that's why I'm kind of at, like, if they're not going to play now, they're probably not going to play in the spring because it just doesn't make a ton of sense for any of these schools or these kids. Any of these kids that were probably big enough are probably going to go to whatever combine the NFL decides to have next summer or, or next spring and go that route instead. But, you know, I don't know. At this point, I'm just not real – not real hopeful, but I do see – I find it interesting, though, and I want to see – because it just, to me, everything these days seems to get divided on, like, some kind of political line or whatever else. But to me, the two conferences that seem the most eager to put this out there that they were canceling, the Big, Tw- the Big Ten and the Pac-12, the Pac-12, mostly West Coast schools, mostly liberal schools, mostly liberal states, for the most part, up in the Big Ten, kind of the same way with some of those states from Wisconsin and Michigan and stuff like that. So it's – I wonder – and then you look – and even still, like, you have Rutgers and New Jersey and whatever else, and you see that. And then you look at the schools and the conferences that haven't announced yet anything with the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12, all Southern Midwest schools – just to me seems like maybe it might be more of a demographic thing where some people are thinking, listen, I want to play no matter what. And other demographics are thinking, well, listen, no, we're not going to play. Like it's not right. We got to look out for the the players and their safety. Um, So I just wonder what you guys think of that. If you've thought about that since you've heard about these two tools and it's just me and maybe my brain works too hard, but it just seems like there's some kind of divide level there of, those three conferences and those other two conferences. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same? Go ahead, Mike. You can hit this one first. Well, actually, I I got kind of a different way of looking at it because I hadn't thought about it that way. But 
it's like the conferences that did this first, and Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they the conferences where the kids all kind of joined together and formed some sort of union? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Don't you think that I, I would think that maybe that played a little more into it? Because I get what you what you're saying with the liberal bias and everything. And that that's a, no, 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 and again, I'm not no, saying no, no, that, I'm, not uh, saying, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying you have I'm not saying you have it. I'm just saying, you know, that that train of thought with the with the schools that that are opting out and the ones that are pushing to stay in. Do you think the union had anything to do with that, though? Because the idea of play, it seems to me I think that players definitely had a say in it. Because if you look, some of the players from those schools, like you said, were no, were, what, no, know, no, 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 no. What union. I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the second that they heard that the kids were forming some sort of union, now all of a sudden we're more inclined not no, to play right that. away. You don't think that's what it was? No, I don't think that's what it was. I just think that they just tend to. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I just thought of that as some kind of like weird divide. Because then, like you said, you have those players that are doing that in those schools. Then you have players like Trevor Lawrence and, and other players coming out um, saying that they want to play and that they, you know, they feel yeah. safer at school than they would going home and this and that. Which, hey, again, his argument makes how much, sense. It makes sense in a way, but at the same time, I'm like, either way, you're still crashing into a bunch of guys each week, and it's probably still not the safest thing you can be doing. I get it. Listen, I 100% get the risk. As much as I want to see football on the field, mm-hmm. trust me, there's nobody else out there. You know me. I want I want sports. I want football. Pretty much almost <laughs> sad to say it at any cost. But I, you know, I have to also respect people's decisions and, you know, for those schools and those players, I'm sure that those schools had sit downs or had meetings or at least zoom calls with the players and with the other, you know, people. It's not just football. It's actually all sports. They're canceling um, for the fall semester. So I just think it's really crazy. Um, And I'm not sure what the spring is actually going to look like, but I'm just hoping sometime in the next week or two, there's a Hail Mary and things turn around. As of right now, as of the last report I read, even though this report came out today, I didn't. I don't know if it went into effect today. So I think as far as up till today, everybody was still at school practicing and, like, living in their, their school or, or university's quarantine bubble. So I don't know. I, I, I'm interested to see the way this story plays out. I do think that it is a weird divide between the Power Five conferences because I figured – Whatever they would do, they would almost kind of do in unison. So that's why I'm waiting to see if the SEC, the ACC, and the the Big 12 follow suit here. Um, but like I said, everything you hear out of out of all of those schools right now is that they're they're planning on on playing those uh, you know in conference seasons. So I don't know. I think it's gonna be. I think it could have interesting implications for the draft as well if. Some conferences do play and some conferences don't, you know. I'm sure a guy like Trevor Lawrence probably wants to play because he's the presumptive number one pick in the draft, mm. you know. Do we, do we think that would change, though, if, he, if they don't play? Probably not. I, it might. It might if, say, if, say, somebody else plays this year. I mean, you look at it. If this happened last year, we don't know if Joe Burrow is the player that he is. We don't even know if Joe Burrow is drafted. Joe Burrow put out a tweet saying if this was last year, he'd probably be looking for a job, a regular job at this time, 
right now. You got a point. It's because of it's it's like that, 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 you know, it, it, I don't know. Like I said, it could literally make or break careers that, you know, and decisions for the next 10 or 15 years. And, and the rest of these guys' careers are mine. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what you said there, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's not even just what Eric's hitting on, but you know, I can go back to what like Fife and uh, cousin David were saying in the chat. I mean, it's also the trickle down effect. What effects is this going to have on high school seniors that don't get to play football that you know might have gotten a scholarship and the amount of scholarships schools might be willing to hand out? And I mean. This is a huge trickle-down effect. We have no idea what the long-term impact is going to be. You know, we don't know when things are going to get back to normal. Um, I do think that if nobody plays, then I think Trevor Lawrence is still guaranteed the number one pick. But like Eric said, like, if all of a sudden he doesn't play, but somebody that in a different conference that does play – I mean, now you're talking all of a sudden that that guy has some crazy year. All of a sudden now Trevor Lawrence might drop to the two or the three or like you don't know. So that is where like the question marks would rise for him in the draft. Um, But I I think the Joe Burrow statement rings really true because, I mean, really, he was a transfer to LSU. He wasn't really on any NFL team's radar, at least as a first round draft pick. And then he comes out and, you know, puts up what, 70 total touchdowns or something like that. So uh, I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see the overall trickle-down effect, what these other conferences do. Um, You know, is this something that they hold on to or if things start getting under control, do they, you know, backpedal and play a shortened season to get the season in? Like, there's there's more questions than there are answers. That is for damn sure. Well, let me ask you guys a question then real quick. Can I so, say something real quick that I've been holding on to for about five minutes now? Real quick. You mentioned that your your wife, and I, I, get, I think you said your mom, got on you for jumping on me last week. They seem like lovely ladies, and I thank them both. I just want to say I was not upset about that. I was upset that I waited like five hours to think of that really good line that I said. I'm the one who's supposed to take shit seriously, not you. Thank, right. thank you, thank you for the dead silence, everybody. I appreciate it. That was funny. I was that that, that always appreciated. Uh, oh, <laughs> Go ahead, Eric. No, I was going to say I wanted to get. <laughs> I wanted to get your. I wanted to get your opinion on what you guys think, because you know my mantra, and I I shout it from the rooftops proudly every time we talk about it. Nothing stops the shield. If there is no football, or even if there is an abbreviated football season of some sort college-wise this year with just those other conferences, what are the chances that the NFL moves its draft date? I, I Listen, I know nothing stops the shield, but if the majority of the conferences have their season in the, in the spring – what is the harm in the NFL waiting until May to have the draft? I don't think there's any harm if you wait a month to have the draft. Like, you're not going to be able to do full combines or anything like that. But I think it would make so much sense. And I think a lot of the coaches How do you would even petition. do it in May, though? 
there's still school going on in May. Like, you're probably when, still going to be playing. I, well, I, guess, I guess the thing is, when in spring would the league start? Like, would it start in early spring? Because it it's possible. It would probably be like a February to like a May thing, beginning of so May. Why can't, was, so why can't you wait till the end of May to do it then? The draft? Because yeah. I just don't know if the, the, the NFL's already doing our, if I'm not mistaken, by the end of May, they're already into like. Many yeah, but you yeah, think like they, they, they kind of pushed that back this year. So why wouldn't why can't you do it another year? Just do it another year. I'm not talking about they anything push the like draft back though. They didn't push the draft back, but you also had a full body of work. You don't have that full body of work from all the players to go by. I understand. All yeah. I have is the NFL's track record to go by, and that's why I think And you're probably right. Nothing I mean, will yeah. stop the shield and they will have it on time. That, I that's just wanna, just my opinion. I just want to point out next week you did kind of mention one thing that could stop the shield and it was baseball. Yeah, well no, that's all sports. If baseball were to shut down, basketball But NHL, I'm just saying in a technical in a technical sense that would have stopped the shield, and you're welcome for not saying that when you were mad last week. No, no, because listen, 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 listen. The chances of that happening, the NFL is behind all those guys whispering. Going, sure, it's sure, okay. sure. It's okay, guys. Keep going. Don't listen. <laughs> test, test don't matter. Just, go, just, just plow right through it. Don't even, you know, not like. <laughs> I just. I here's know. A, here's I some really cool. Like, here's some cool really aid like laced with cocaine. Go ahead, have fun. Exactly. Like I just think that they're gonna they're 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 gonna go full steam right now from what mm. it seems like. And I really thought that they college football to to an extent was gonna have to follow suit because of everything else that that goes on. But now I'm also just thinking too the impact that like having all those schools shut down just to go full circle with this having those Big Ten Big Twelve schools shut down it's not just football that they're that they're you know that we're not getting to see it's you know how many people are going to now ha- not have those stadium jobs, not have that other income, not have, yeah. there's so many other people affected by these decisions. These big colleges just made that. I, I don't know. I like Dave said it right before the, the, the trickle down effect of this, we know is going to be there, but to what extent we have no clue. Um, and I guess, yeah, only time will tell. But it, this whole this whole story is just, you know, mm. just 2020 in a nutshell. Yeah. Dave, why don't you chime in here? I mean, could it be better said than 2020 in a nutshell? Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, I could see the NFL's willingness to do it based off of the NCAA's execution of things. Um, but I also don't think they're going to be happy about the idea of doing it so it 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 will have to be what they would consider a perfect situation um but i I, it can be done it's just look man when it's all said and done we've all had to adjust our lives some way somehow when this thing started and as it goes on and these people have more money more and their job is just figuring this stuff out. Like there's a way to figure it out and they just have to sit down and figure it out. So I can definitely be done. It's just a matter of how, how do they do it? And are they, do they have a game plan in place before the time comes? Cause they really scrambled um, pretty hard this year. And that's why they were able uh, to make the adjustments that they made, but so late 
can they get a game plan in place if this next year is the same way? And that's what I think they have to figure out. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you something, Eric, because I've been thinking about this. If you move the draft to the end of May, do you necessarily have to move the start of OTAs? Because, yeah, you wouldn't have your rookies in camp, but you'd still have all your veterans. That so they you don't, can, you veterans don't report sort. to that camp, though. No, no, no. Veterans don't the, – the early OTAs are for the rookies. They're for the rookies yeah. and the young guys. It's the whole point of them. Plus, you have to get contracts done. You have to get everything done before yeah, the but by the time up the, the camp. Yeah, but by the time the draft comes anyway, most of free agency is already done. No, no, not free agency. They have to get the contracts done with the with the draft picks. I get what you're saying, but I feel like uh, all right. Even first and second year, I, I, I'm a little hazy on this. Even first and second year players, or well, first player, you know, second and third year players, rather, they don't come to those OTAs, the early ones. I don't know if all of them do. I think it might be only like first and second year guys, but I could be wrong. Somebody could correct me on that. It's really more where are you at? If you're a second year guy, but you're a secured starter or a secured guy on the roster, you're probably not going. But if you're a bubble guy and you were a practice squad guy the year before, maybe played in a game or two, like that kind of thing, yeah, you're going, even if you're a veteran because you're trying to make the team. But besides that, no, anybody that has a secured roster spot isn't going to that thing, going to the early OTAs. It's, it's mainly meant for rookies and bubble guys. I don't know. I, the last thing I'll say on this, I think it could be done – Eric, yes, nothing stops the shield. This isn't stopping the shield. This is just moving the shield back a little bit. But um, you look at the way this year was handled, and I think if you use this this year's experience as kind of a guide, I think it's possible you could work around that and allow for the draft to go into May if you want to, if you want to have every player's full body of work which I think in the end would benefit the coaches and benefit the teams long-term. But who the hell knows? I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do it. So I know uh, Fife is in the chat wanting us to talk about hockey. Does anybody have the heart to tell him? We kind of already talked about it before he came on. Yeah, we kind of hit on it a little bit. He can give you a lot more insight than I can. Um, I don't know if you guys want to have him join for the last little section of the show. I do got to jump off and run. Um, but he'd be a great guy to get some of that <laughs> hockey insight from. Uh, if you're looking for it, I think it'd be awesome. Uh, you know, he's he's a wealth of knowledge, and I'm sure he could give you even a little more than I can about the uh, presumptive number one pick of the Rangers and and about how their their uh, their odds of actually getting that happen. Mm. So um, hopefully well, he could jump on, join you guys for a couple minutes. Uh, to end well, the show let me ask you something. Let me, let me ask you something before you dro- jump off. And I guess this is for both of you guys. Did you guys get caught up on agents of shield? No, I have not. I'm still like two behind. I'm not, I know the season finale is coming, but I haven't, I haven't caught up yet. Yeah. All right. Eric, All right. thank you very much for joining no us. My problem, friend, Fife. any final words? Fife, kill it with the hockey news. Uh, hope you guys have a great rest of the show. Stay sweaty, everyone. And until next week, uh, yeah, stay sweaty. Stay sweaty, my friend. Good luck to you. Stay sweaty, Eric. All right. Fife, if you want to come on, go ahead and unmute yourself. Go ahead and unmute yourself. We'll let you on while we wait for him. Uh, Dave, did you get caught up? 
Uh, no, not yet. Uh, well, I mean, I told you I watched the one episode. They, I really agree they filmed it really well, but uh, that was the last episode I watched. Yeah, I was a little disappointed by last week's episode, tell you the truth, the penultimate episode. But, yeah, no, that one with the time loop and everything, that, yeah, was, that, a fa- was-, that was a fantastic episode. Yeah, no, that was a really cool episode. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I like, like you said, how they filmed it, I thought they did really good with it yep. as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, we're waiting for five. I just wanted to say, if you haven't seen it, you know, the Phoenix Suns, when they introduce, uh, first of all, they're killing it in the bubble. But anyway, the they the team actually surprised them and had video recordings of the starting lineups, family members introducing them instead cool. of the guys on the the guy on the loudspeaker. Oh, so, that's cool. Just thought that was really cool. Like a couple of them had their kids, a couple of them had their wives, uh, their wives, and then the best one uh, was a, a, a Spanish guy that's on their team. I can't remember his name, but they like balanced between like five different of his family members out in Spain, uh, saying like his name, his height, where he went to school, all that stuff. So it was pretty cool. And I just wanted to mention that. That's awesome. That's awesome. But we have him here. For a little while, Eric Pfeiffer, aka Larry Melro- Larry Schmelrose, excuse me, is here. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? I still don't understand the aka thing. Uh, I don't know who this Eric Pfeiffer guy is. Yeah, just check, just, nice check, just, check, just check your driver's license, buddy. It's okay. Uh, it says Larry Schmelrose, beautiful, pretty <laughs> mullet, right on. It. Uh, you know, speaking of, uh, how's it going, Dave? How are you? Way to acknowledge the right man. I appreciate it. Anyway, you know, I was flipping through the TV the other day. I went past that uh, bullshit uh, sports broadcasting. I believe it was on channel. Ah, we won't even say the channel. Anyway, there was a guy on there. He had some pearly white chompers. I think his name was Gary, maybe Barry. Barry, that's it. It's not Larry. I'm Larry. Anyway, with a pair of chompers like that, how are you going to listen to hockey from that guy? Jeez, <laughs> these people come to the right spot. Anyway, how are you guys doing today? <laughs> it took me a couple of seconds to figure out what you were talking about. I get it now. I get it now. I'm with you there. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> I heard a little bit. I saw a little bit of your thoughts in the chat, but we were talking about the Rangers getting the <clears throat> one draft pick. Oh, I stopped watching. I don't even know. I know the Devils are in the top ten somewhere. But, jeez, uh, they got the <laughs> – Oh man! Are you having trouble What are you doing there? Uh, oh man! <laughs> they, you know, they, they're going to get the guy uh, who's better than both Cackle and Hughes, reportedly. You know, you have to remember when you hear about these guys, which you don't get to see in the NHL these days. It's like hearing about the Devils preseason last year. They pumped you up to sell you some tickets, and then they sucked because that's what they were going to do because they weren't ready to be good. I but mean, uh, Larry, Larry, you are talking to a Met fan. I, I know exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Exactly. I mean, it's every team does it, but I think the kid's going to be good. I haven't gotten to see any film or tape on him because I don't get access to that uh, Gary guy, uh, Gary, whatever his name is over there. I don't get access like he gets. I got to, you know, it's tough, man. I live a real life. People don't pander to me. Uh, but anyway, I haven't get to see tape, but from everything I'm hearing from the pros, sounds real good. Uh, and I think the Rangers might have a powerhouse over the next decade. If, with uh, I mean, they got Panarin on a long contract, and they're going to have Kako is going to be good. I've thought that since I watched him play at the World. And now you got this kid Laferriere or Laperrier or you know one of them French names. Who knows? 
Uh, nice. But he's, I, I care more about his talent than his name. And uh, apparently he's going to be a superstar. You might have a, in my opinion, uh, if it all goes the way they want it to, uh, like a Malkin Crosby type situation over there in New York, if it pans out the way it's supposed to. Well, that's funny because I know, I know Eric, when he was on, was talking about how nobody was really hyping this guy as like the next big thing. They, I, I, I think the comparison he heard was Steven Stamkos, which is, you know, a really good player, but not a, uh, uh, um, uh, I can't remember the word, a transcendent talent. And I, I made the comment that I, I would rather the guy who you think is going to be a really good player than the overhyped guy who doesn't pan out? Because how many times have we seen that? Before? You think he's a little more hyped than that, though? I don't. Looking at the numbers in the league he played in, <coughs> uh, I don't have him in front of me right now, but, you know, when you hear about a guy like that, you always go look at the numbers. I don't know. It's it's tough, man. It's like it's hockey. It's, uh, the speed changes, but the game stays the same as you move up. And, uh, to be able to dominate in a league like that, those are the guys he's going to be playing against in five, ten years. Uh, you know, so it's just a constant cycle in hockey. It's a little bit different than some other sports. Like these guys who are playing against each other now at the lower levels end up playing against each other, even down to the might level, or maybe, maybe not mites, but you know, squirt triple A. These guys who are playing each other at this level now have a good chance of playing against each other in the pros one day. So the dominant forces at these young ages generally end up being the dominant forces like Sidney Crosby uh, in hockey at those ages, if they stay out of trouble. One thing about hockey that's different, and I know you guys, it sounds like I'm always trying to hype it up, but uh, <laughs> you, know, you don't hear a lot of players get in trouble because when they're going up through these ranks, there's junior hockey ranks and things of that nature, if they're partiers, if they're troublemakers, they get phased out. They, just, they get blackballed. And nobody wants to deal with it. What about so your, always uh, another player. What about you, Patrick Kane? You know, Patty Kane was a, a story. You know, I don't really remember what came out of it. I don't. Yeah, think I don't, he was rem- found I don't guilty. remember the whole thing. I don't I believe just, he was yeah. found guilty. You know, uh, Varlamov was one that stuck out to me. He was beating his girlfriend, and he told her if we were in Russia, I'd beat you harder. I mean, that's fucked up. That's hard. You know. Oh my god. But uh, that's a report. But, um, you know, it's minor things. Danny Heatley was one of the big things that happened, but it's mm. not a constant. We've talked about this before uh, when I visited with you guys. You know, it's just not a, it's constant. There's actually stats on it. I think figure skaters have more at one point, like maybe 10 years ago, had more instances legally than hockey players. And that was just Donya Harding, huh? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they, they, it's like uh, they keep their noses clean a little bit because it's, uh, you know, I don't know. When I was playing – in uh, hockey, as opposed to other sports, it was always drilled home to me that wherever I went, like in a hotel or in a rink or uh, out to eat with the team, you represent the team. And so you're not going to act like, uh, you know, an asshole because you represent our team and you represent every person on the team, the coach and the organization and things like that. I think we got a little off track. I apologize for that. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> you are right, though. I think that's why the names that get involved in those incidents in hockey tend to stand out more just because you don't hear about hockey players getting into those incidences nearly as often as, like, basketball or football players. Yeah, they do at the lower levels, and they get phased out of the game. Uh, it takes a certain kind of dedication. I'm not saying other sports don't, but, like, you know, you got to be willing to take pucks off your face. Uh, and you keep going, and guys who want to be out at the bar drinking and I get laid may not always want to do that. 
I mean, you think you think it would go hand in hand with cross checking uh, somebody into the boards, but I mean, you know, being a fighter from Jersey, Minnesota, didn't work out too bad for me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I think uh, you know it's you know you look at Malcolm Crosby at center center it's a different story but I just mean as far as talents I really do think the Rangers are getting a good talent uh, you know and what I'm hoping now is is hockey starting to fall into this, uh, this thing that the NFL fell into where you know you, you draft a guy high and you throw him in the lineup right away it used to be in hockey you had ten games. You know, no matter what your draft status was, you had 10 games. And if you weren't ready, you went somewhere else, whether it was uh, back to major juniors, whether it was the AHL. And now they're keeping these guys in the lineup a little longer. You know, it's kind of like in football when they draft a quarterback and they used to, well, you wouldn't see that guy for two years sometimes. And now, you know, it's an investment and they want to thrust them right into the lineup. Uh, You know, in my opinion, did Daniel Jones have a good year last year for a rookie? Yeah. Was he ready to get behind center and, and command an offense and and get the ball out of his hand? No. Did they rush Eli out? Yes. I mean, and that's my opinion. Uh, so I think that's starting to factor into hockey a little bit too, where these guys that get drafted now with, with all the press they get, they're starting to have more pressure to put them in the lineup earlier. And maybe they should be playing somewhere else first, develop a little bit more, get stronger. Because an 18-year-old moving 25 miles an hour on the ice running into a, a fully built 28-year-old, not always a great collision. That's fair. Dave, what do you say? I mean, I got to be honest. I, I just get lost listening to Fife's voice. I get very jealous. <laughs> voice. That I means mean, I was sorry. too boring. I'm sorry, Larry. I, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That means I was but, too boring, and I, I apologize for that. So we'll no, shorten no, it up next def- time. Definitely not. I just, <laughs> I, it's, like, it's like listening to, like, you know, like, the ocean waves just get lost in the sound. But, uh, no, um, in, in all honesty, I think that, you know, all right, I got to be honest. For when it when it's all said and done, I really wanted to hear what Fife had to say about what's actually going on in the games, like right wow. now. That's like, my biggest thing. Like, I love it, man. This is great. This is different. This is awesome. This is like – you know, you used to go into the playoffs and hockey's a little different again where, you know, the eight seed has a chance, but you could see it in some series, the eight and the one. These 12 seeds came into this against these five seeds. Like, we got a chance to make a splash. And now they just played a five-game playoff series. And they're going up against guys who just played a round robin where they were throwing a backup in for a game. Like, how is that going to transfer is my question. Like, you got guys who just battled. I mean – are they going to be tired and the other guys rested? Or are they going to be battle ready, ready to go after a long layoff? I mean, they were off for so long. How could a best of five series tire you out? I mean, I, I think these lower seeds who just played the qualifiers are going to be a lot more battle tested, ready to go right now. I think there's a shift in power. Uh, I think I underestimated Carter Hart. He's probably the best goalie in the East right now. Maybe next to Vasilevsky, but he's, I don't know. Uh, Carey Price is doing things that, you know, if you look at a Carey Price and a Henrik Lundqvist career, they mirror each other. But right now, you know, Carey had some injuries or whatever. But right now, Carey Price is making big saves and big moments where Henrik Lundqvist wasn't. The, the Hurricanes do things so simply, but it's so effective. And they're big and strong and fast. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And, again, the chatter on the ice, everything that's going on, it's, it's different, and I love it. 
I feel like I'm watching a tournament with kids. Nice. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I because I, I know from, you know, what I have had the ability to watch and, you know, pay attention to, like, not only are the series looking competitive, but, like, each game's looking competitive. Like, you're watching some really good hockey from a lot of teams that maybe you didn't expect to see it from. And, um, you know, it really does look like it, it could be an exciting sprint to uh, hoist Lord Stanley's Cup. Um, but I, I think uh, for yourself and all hockey fans out there, like, this is kind of a nice change of pace. Not saying you'd want this year in and year out, but this is kind of a nice change of pace, and it's keeping it entertaining. And, you know, it really is uh, putting some fun back into the game with, you, like you said, like that throwback feeling of being at a tournament when you were, you know, 16 years old. Did you guys get to see the Toronto-Columbus game uh, Saturday? No, I, I haven't actually had much uh, time watching TV on weekends. All right. Yeah, Mike, did you? Yeah, okay. unfortunately, no. All right, so let me lay this out for you. you got an elimination game, right? Toronto's eight, Columbus is nine. Toronto's got all this promising talent. They just signed John Tavares last year, and, and they got Marner, and they got all these guys ready to go, ready to rock. The coaches come out fully dressed in suit. All the pressure's on Toronto, right? John Tortorello is known as one of the most serious coaches in the NHL. I don't think there's anybody who reads a room in the NHL better than John Tortorello. You know what he came out wearing with his whole entire staff? What? The Toronto coaches are all suited up, ties all tight looking. He came out in warm-ups. Columbus got an early lead, look relaxed, all game. All game. His whole staff just chilling in warm-ups. Like, there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? There's a reason for that. Like, guys, yeah. it's an elimination game. We're the ninth seed. We're not even supposed to be here right now. Like, like okay, all the pressure's on them. Chill out. Uh, I mean, the guy, I, I, you don't learn. I used to not like him as a coach. You don't learn to appreciate him until you start watching him and, and you understand him a little bit. And uh, they're just chilling. Like, they're calm, relaxed, chilling in warm-ups. I like them. Like, um, I love that. You, so, who won the game? Columbus. They got an early lead, and you could see the difference, man. They were just – you could see it. They were relaxed. And I didn't notice it until they got, I think, their second goal, and they panned out to the bench. And I was like, is Tortorello wearing warm-ups right now? Like, I haven't really know, like paid that much attention to if he's been wearing a suit all playoffs or if he's just treating it like a tourney. Like, my brother wears warm-ups to a tourney. He coaches, you know, for a living. Uh, you know, youth hockey and stuff like that. So <laughs> – I was like, did he just do it for that game? So I'd love to go back and check, but there's got to be a reason behind it. He's just relaxed. Like, like, let's go, boys. Let's go play hockey. Like, there was – I feel like in the locker room there might not have been that normal, intense John Torrello speech. Like, I feel like he just walked in like, all right, boys, pressure's on them. Let's play hockey. Like, that's just the feel it had looking at them. Like, they were just seemed calm. Nice. The Torrello uh, stuff that I've always watched – was the um, when he was the coach of the Rangers, and he'd get into the art, he'd start yelling at the one reporter. He did it like three or four times. I can't remember the reporter's name. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, that yeah, was always that was always very funny to me. You know, and it's just like he's a no uh, bullshit kind of guy. Like you have coaches that'll go up in front of reporters and they they PR it and they pander and 
he doesn't care what his public relations are. It's just who he is. And, yeah. you know, maybe you have to appreciate that a little more. And maybe you get that a little more from like, you know, as much as he's the, the Sith Lord, uh, maybe you get that a little more from a Bill Belichick too. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just who he is. Like, he doesn't have time for the bullshit. Like, I got a job to do. And you people are asking me questions about a guy's toenail. Like, come on. <laughs> you know? So, uh, as, as I get older, I learn to appreciate guys like that because you see through it a little bit more mm. uh, as, as you get kicked down to the earth by life a little bit, you know? Yeah. Ain't that the truth. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right. You well, I appreciate any... you guys letting me bullshit for a little while. It's absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is normally the time in the show where we talk about stuff that we've been watching throughout the week. Uh, Fife, it would be great if you bring up something that's no disrespect, Dave. Something that's not reality show based. Um, let's <laughs> see. I watched World War II in color. I thought that was really cool because uh, was that a documentary? It is a docu series on Netflix. It was, um, you know, it's got all old footage. The guy says digitally remastered into color, and nice. uh, he says it every episode. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um. So that's, it was pretty cool to see, you know, and then I was looking for the World War One in color to watch as a prequel, but I can't seem to find it. I found it on Amazon, but I could only add it to my watch list. And then uh, we're going to finish her off with some Vietnam. And, uh, you know, we're going to do the wars in like, a, <laughs> I do this sometimes with movies. Like if there's a set of movies I haven't seen, like say three movies, sometimes I'll watch the second one first, <laughs> the first one second and then the third one last and like make my own prequel <laughs> sweat set. You know, it's just like fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell, I I can't. There there are a bunch of movies that I have wound up seeing the sequels before the original one. Bill and Ted. I actually saw Bogus Journey before Excellent Adventure. Oh yeah, yeah. Excellent Adventure was the best, though I think in my. See, I mean, listen, it, you can't. The, the the you know you may be a king or a little street sweeper, but sooner or later you'll dance with the reaper. I mean, dude, I love bogus. I love bogus journey. I love bogus journey. It's good. It is funny because I went to this live show in January, and you guys know who Matt Serra is. Yeah, the UFC fighter. I actually met him, and he was on stage um, in the show is a YouTube show called Sen Live, and uh, he was one of the guests. And he was shitting on Bogus Journey. And I had to say something about it. And I was just like, I feel like I'm one of the only people who actually like that movie because that's the one I saw first. Well, there's is so I'll give you a list of some hockey things that I like real quick that if people want to check it out, it may give you a little bit. Obviously, there's always, you know, Miracle. Uh, the documentary behind Miracle is really good. It gives you a little I, better insight than the movie. But there's also a documentary about the other side, the Soviet, and what those guys went through. Which oh, if no you could find that, I forget the name of it, but if you could find it, it's really good. And at the end of it, they get into uh, Lou Lamorello and how he was able to covertly get uh, Slava Fetisov out of Russia because back then they didn't release their players. They were considered oh, I part heard of the You know, it's funny. I looked up a little bit about this. I didn't know he was one of the guys in it, but you're talking about – or was this before the Red Wings put that together? So this was before the Red Wings. Gotcha, so like, gotcha. Lou was like the first one. He went. They, they touch on it at the end. And then if you go into then it's a good thing to watch leading up to. gives you a little bit of history behind like how they were able to get the players out of there. Like Lou had to go in and have a conversation with him. But what they were really talking about, he was writing down on paper because yeah. the room was bugged, you know. 
So they were having a conversation on paper aside from the conversation they were having verbally. Like Lou Amaro acted like a covert spy to go recruit a player. Like that's crazy. Mm. But anyway, to get those guys in Detroit, they kind of had to do the same type of stuff. And yeah. so much that it's called the Fab Five is what I think you were getting to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like or Detroit or the Russian Five, I think it is. Anyway, that is an awesome documentary about. The cool thing about it is that they brought all these players in. And they were a super team, man. Like they were powerhouse. Mm. They couldn't win, and they couldn't figure out why they couldn't win. And then they had a moment that brought the entire team together. And it, so, what this documentary to me shows more than just like how they recruited Russian players, what it actually takes to put a team together. Like, yeah, you can put all the talent in the ice on the world that you want and change the game, and it's innovative. But these guys didn't believe in each other, and then something happened that brought them together, and then they started to believe in each other, and then boom came the Stanley Cups. Um, so it's it's actually a really good story about team and people coming together and being there for each other, uh, things of that nature as well. I tell you, it was so sad. I can't remember his name. The the member of the Russian Five who got in that car accident. Was that Rod yeah. Ma- who, who was that? Uh, 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 Kozlov. 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 Okay, yeah. When he got in a car accident, I just remember that. No, 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 no. It might have been Konstantinov. I'm sorry. Hey, not not to interrupt you, but Fife, if you have the ability to, Tampa Bay and Colorado are going into a fourth overtime. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, that will be flipped. I'm actually uh, watching right now with my girlfriend. I paused just at the end of it. Uh, the Express. My fiance, I should say. I'm sorry. I'm still getting used to that. It's okay. I can hey, congratulations. Hey, thanks, guys. I could slip up and say girlfriend from time to time because she always forgets to put her ring on anyway. Oh, so, okay. No that's, no, that's good. Uh, but we're watching okay. The Express, and uh, and I paused so that I could come listen to you guys and chat with you guys. <laughs> nice. Now, well, let me – I, I have a very serious question to ask you. I am really hoping I am still not the only one. This has nothing to do with anything you were saying. Have you ever watched The Wire? The Wire, um, I've – so when I was younger, Mike, I if you're gonna start with the with, wire, I'm getting off the show. No, I just I, want, I wanted to see. I just Listen, wanted I, to see. So I've heard you talk about it a lot, <laughs> and uh, I had a friend of mine, him and his girlfriend at the time, they're now married. We're very yeah. into the wire when I was younger. I didn't watch a lot of TV when the wire was out. I wasn't a big TV. I was always out doing shit at bars, playing hockey, whatever. Um, but they loved it, and I would see a few episodes. And this actually seems like a very compelling story. Um, you know, it's about seems to me about uh, some inner workings of some lower living in certain places, which I don't know. You know Larry doesn't know how to speak in this environment anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and then some jail stuff. And it just, I, and it had some very good actors in it from the episodes I saw. It seemed very, like a very well-written series. But I never actually sat down and watched it. Well, you should. And show well, I think so it's a bit outdated be. now. You know, I, I don't man. think so, actually. Uh, you know, we're going to watch guys I on should. Nextel's walk around and go, beep, beep. all right, man. Oh, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. I'm sorry that they – oh, my God, because they don't have a smartphone. It's so horribly <laughs> outdated. The three of us are one of tw- or three of 20 people left on the planet who remember the days before smartphones anyway. <laughs> Uh, all right, man. that's all. I, that's you remember all I when everybody thought it would be good to, good idea to talk to each other on walkie talkies? Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Then we like advance from that. And then how, how did we somehow go back to walkie talkies for a while? Well, the funny, the, I don't know. Are you talking about the cell phones that people had to pay more for to get them as walkie talkies? Yeah. The next tells, right? You yeah. Yeah. In your group and you just be, and then my friends, we were in high school. They yeah. thought this was a smart place to sell weed and stuff. And I'm like, guys, you're like broadcasting over airwaves. Like, <laughs> where you're I was, going to buy and sell weed, like, this is not a good idea. See, but, I really, uh, you know, I really am the elder of the group. I was in college when that shit came out. Uh, it was like my go. sophomore, junior year when people were doing that. Gotcha. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to kill the mood right there. Oh, uh, it's all right, Mike. You don't look a day over seventy-eight. Thank you. Thank you. That's oh, wow. that's, that's that's so nice. <laughs> all right. On that note, Fife, any last words, man? Last words. Well, you know, you know me, I like to do a little jet flying, limousine riding, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, and you know I'm a son of a gun. So can I get a real quick woo before we head out? Woo! Woo! <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, Eric. Eric Pfeiffer, everybody. Who? Uh, yeah, yeah, fine. Larry Michelle Rose. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good name. I like it, but I'm going to say the real name too. I don't know what you mean. Okay, fair enough. There's only one name. There you go. <laughs> Have a good one, buddy. Later, guys. Thank you. All right, Dave. Was that was that short enough for you? I'm proud of you, Mike. I'm Thank proud you. of you. Thank you. I will say, I just finished watching the entire final season last week. <laughs> Oh, it's a really good show. It's a really good show. You guys, you guys should watch that. I'm telling you right now. But what, like, what shows like that do you watch? Like, I know you watched The Shield. I know you were a Sons of Anarchy guy until the final episode. What else? What else like that? Uh, Twenty Four. Oh, I never got into that show. That was back when I was a wrestling fan. I tried rewatching it, and I was like, God, why did I like this show? But I loved it <laughs> that way when it came out. So. Mm. Um, 24 was another show. Uh, Did you ever get into any of the HBO shows? I mean, I, I, I mean, Game of Thrones, obviously, but besides no, that. No, I'm talking like the golden era of HBO, like Sopranos, no, Oz, Wire. Dude, I didn't have HBO until, I want to say, 2010. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I don't have I don't have it now either. Now I just stream, but so I don't I don't pay for cable anymore. Fair enough. I can't. It was too. It was too damn. My direct TV bill went from 130 a month up to like 186, and I'm like, you guys can bite me. I'm not paying that much fucking money. Now <laughs> I pay like 25 dollars a month, and I have constant entertainment. Nice. David, cousin David is bringing up Big Love with Bill Paxton. It's a show about a Mormon who had three wives. I saw a few episodes. I didn't think it was overwhelmingly great, but it's Bill Paxton, so it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. The show I always liked. You ever heard of Rome? Nope. Rome was a, still one of my favorite shows of all time. Only two seasons. Really good. And basically, the show takes place around the time of uh, Julius Caesar. He's one of the characters. I guarantee you've seen half the actors in different things because basically every actor, it's like a show like The Wire or Oz or Sopranos, where just amazing actors the whole way around. 
And the first season is about the rise and fall of Caesar. The second season is about the rise of uh, Octavius. Um, and she's really well done. I really like that show. And it's basically told through the eyes of these two soldiers, Titus Pullo and Lucius Farinas. And they make the show. They are like Abbott and Costello set in Roman times. But they can beat the shit and kill anyone they want to. Yeah, I can't say I've ever seen it or heard of it. Ah, it's it's like I said, it's only two seasons, but it's definitely worth your time. Definitely worth your time. I love it. All right, Word. you got anything else you want to bring up, buddy? Uh, no, I think I'm good, my man. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for us this week, then. So, thank you to everybody for listening out there. Thank you, everybody, on all our podcasting outlets: Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Anchor. Thank you all for listening. Dave Hastings, any last words? Always a pleasure, brother. Until next week. Thank you, my friend. You as well. And I am Mike Agliolaro. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Cousin David, Fife, Larry Schmelrose, whatever you want to call yourself. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will see you all next week.